Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 149. Well, I have gotten several questions, and all of them relate to one thing, and that is, how do we grow, and how is it that we have a responsibility to grow if indeed God is going to do in us what He wants to do and ultimately make us like Jesus? Then how is it that we have a responsibility, and do we have a responsibility, or is it all of God? Do we just let go and let God, or do we have a part in our Christian growth? Well, the answer is yes, we do let go and let God in the sense of God is the only one that can do anything in us that's good, but God has given us responsibility, and those responsibilities are delineated. They're listed. They're talked about over and over again in Scripture. And so today, I want to deal with just um, some verses that might help you to understand this. You see, when we enter into a relationship, Relationship with God. God becomes our Father. We are His sons. We are His daughters. And as we grow and as we mature, we become more like Jesus. We become more loving. We become more patient. All the fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned in Galatians chapter 5 begins to be exhibited in our lives. The gifts of the Spirit are more evident in our lives, not just our primary motivational gift, but also all the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit are enabled and realized in our lives when we are walking with God and we're growing and maturing. But we have a responsibility to pursue God. Now, I know the scripture says there's none that seek after him. There is none that are righteous. I understand that. But the moment that we're saved, God puts his spirit within us. God comes to live in us, and he gives us a desire to follow him. He gives us a desire to know him. He gives us a desire. It's the spirit of God within us, and there is a longing to be in the presence of God and to walk with God and what joy it is that God gives to us when we are seeking his face. But we don't always do that. And so, again, the metaphor of the family is brought in. God doesn't disown us. He's not going to do that like any earthly father would not. But rather, he draws us to himself, and he does that through discipline. I think my favorite chapter on discipline, I think the most exhaustive chapter on discipline, is Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, After the great chapter on the Hall of Fame of faith and all of the great victories that have been won, those great champions that Paul puts before us through the writer Luke and Hebrews, you see every one of them, they have feet of clay. And whether it's Abel or whether it is Noah and his drunkenness or whether it's Abraham and his lying and adultery or Isaac or Jacob and on down the line, you can see all these great heroes and champions. They all had to be disciplined. They had to be chastised. And so that's going to happen. As a matter of fact, the Bible says when we are saved and we become children of God, that one of the ways we have real assurance of salvation is that if we are without chastisement, we're bastards. We are illegitimate children. And those of us who are saved, we know the Spirit of God deals with us. And we know when we are not walking with him. There is a sense of loss. There's a sense of loneliness. There is a sense of something's not right. It doesn't matter what we have or where we go or what the world would say is pleasure. 
It's not pleasure to us because we know there is a sense of loss in our heart. And that loss is not that we've lost God. It's we've lost the sense of his wonderful presence and peace in our lives. And so the Bible says that there is no chastening, no whipping, no discipline that seems to be joyous at the time. And we can all testify to that. And so he said, but it eventually yields its peaceable fruit. For instance, let's pick up at the end of one of the paragraphs in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but grievous. We suffer. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. You see, the goal of our discipline by God is to get us right, to cause righteousness to be exhibited in our lives to those who have been trained by it. And that's what it's for. It's for training. That's what God is out for our good. God's not out to destroy us and hurt us. And this is not some wealth and health and prosperity. You know, that's not what I am. But I do believe that these men who have gone to seed on wealth and health and prosperity and all those things, there is a grain of truth in that. And many times the most damnable heresies are those that contain 90% truth. The fact is God is for us and God wants to bless us and God does want to bring us into the spirit of conformity to his son. And so there is in verse 12, after all of this long litany of the ways that God disciplines us and how good it is for us, he begins a new paragraph with a therefore in verse 12 of Hebrews 12. Therefore, strengthen your hands. That means pick it up, boys, pick it up, ladies, which hang down and feeble knees. This idea of being all weak and woe is me. I'm under the hand of God and discipline. Well, you can get out from under that. You can repent and turn and ask God to forgive you of your pride and your anxiousness and your fretting and disobedience. And he says, and make straight paths for your feet. In other words, if you don't like the way you're going, change it. God gives you the ability to do that. If you don't like the road, you've taken a wrong turn, get on the right one. It doesn't matter how far you have gone, how long it's taken you. You can get back on the right road instantaneously. Isn't that wonderful? Look at the story of the prodigal son in the Gospel of Luke. It's uh, this long journey this prodigal took away from the father. And he was ended up in a devastating situation in a hog pen with unclean animals. And he was wanting to eat what the slop that they were eating. And the Bible says he came to himself. And the moment he came to himself and said, this is what I need to do, he was on the way to the father. And already the father was in view. That's the way it is. You see, you can be on the wrong road and be under the disciplining hand of God. But the moment we're willing to humble ourselves, ourselves and say, yes, Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. We confess our sin and turn from it. Immediately, God will restore us. And so he says, make straight the paths for your feet. Now, he didn't say, I'll do it. He said, you're to do it. That's our responsibility. Therefore, strengthen. That's our responsibility. Do the things that strengthen. Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame will not be dislocated any longer, but rather be healed. Look at verse 14. Not only are we to make the right choices about the path that we're on, stop going down the same path that got you to where you are, get off of it. If you don't like the road you're on, change it. 
Get on another road. My goodness, you're not in bondage. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And then he says, pursue peace with all men and holiness. Now, that's a conjunctive phrase, which means you are to pursue peace and you're to pursue holiness. Wait just a minute. I thought we were already holy. He said, yes, and pursue that calling. That is, continue to be set apart, and you continue to pursue that calling, and you pursue the things that pertain to holiness, and quit pursuing the things that are going to distract you and me from the things that are going to help us. You see, sometimes we get into a cage with tigers and lions, and we lock the door behind us because they seem beautiful, and we know better, but we get into that cage, and then we wonder why we're screaming because they're tearing us from limb to limb. Stay out of the cage. If you have a problem with something, don't go around it. Go the other way. There's all different kinds of methods to do that, and there's all different kinds of rationale for not doing it. But the Bible says, go God's way. And so he says, pursue peace. Pursue the peace of God and peace with others. Do that with all men. And then he says, pursue holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. And then he gives us a clue about a real obstacle that will keep us from holiness, looking diligently, lest any one of you fall short of the grace of God and a root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. You see, when we're under the hand of God, it's a real tendency to say, God, I don't like the way that you're treating me and I'm suffering and others are doing well and I think they're better than me or I think they're better than them, but I don't like this discipline and I'm going to continue to do it my way. Well, you're headed for trouble. And so what he's saying is, be careful, pursue holiness, pursue peace, get off your high horse because otherwise there's going to be resentment. You're going to get angry at God. Then you're going to be resentful. Next thing you know, bitterness is going to be there. And no one's going to want to be around you because you find fault with everything. Every time you walk in the room, if people were honest, they would just say, would you please lead us in a word of criticism before we get on? Because you're the critical one. You're always the negative one. And the reason is, is because there's something lacking in your life and your walk with God. You feel like it is your responsibility to tell everybody what they need to do when you're not doing what you need to do yourself. Jesus said, get the log out of your own eye before you start getting the splinter out of someone else. That usually has to be dealt with through discipline. Do we grow? Yes. We lay aside all malice and all the things that we take off the old clothes that we wore when we were lost. We don't want to look like that anymore. We don't want to talk like that anymore. We don't want to be observed as being like that anymore. We want God to change our lives. And when we feel his hand of discipline, if we'll say, yes, Lord, I hear you, then God will hear us and he'll hear our prayer of repentance and he'll put us back on the right road. Just make that choice. You'll see God will set you on the right road. He'll set your heart afire, and there will be that increasing longing to know him once again and to walk in the way of the Lord. I pray God will help us all to do that as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. 
Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.